welcome to the re-wrap for Friday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning and uh, we got uh, an email from a doctor, uh, which you might be interested in. Um, facts from the lectern will mark the week, because it's Friday, that's what we do on Fridays, and uh, we'll measure the German's emotional response to the UBI. But before any of that... Uh, border policy. National's got one. Is it a good one? The National's Party uh, border policy smacks of the thinking of a party with recent experience in government. In other words, it makes a lot of sense. Essentially, we all got there in the end, didn't we? I mean, we need a border force, so that's what we've concluded. Labour want a border force now that they've worked out their dad's army approach has failed spectacularly. New Zealand first always, apparently, wanted a border force. Funny, we only found it out this week as they developed their election strategy of claiming everything that was ever good and running from everything that wasn't. National would uh, get you tested before you enter the plane. Makes sense. Plenty of others already do that. It would buy, uh, It would be run by a single agency, not the mad mix of all and sundry the current government seems to have chosen. But it represents the simple truth. When it comes to facing up to the mess we have, there aren't actually any magic bullets. Yes, a border force is the answer. So essentially everyone comes up with the same policy. But the key, the key... And this is why this past week has been such a disaster, such a disaster for the government. The key is how you enact all of this, how you deliver the policy. The idea, the concept is but one part of the puzzle. Making it actually work is the other. And it clearly requires a skill, dexterity, dedication and work ethic that Labour doesn't possess. If Labour lose the election because of this and only the true apparatchik would scoff now at such a suggestion, this will be the week where the rot really set in. What was supposed to be 14 days of another lockdown for a chunk of the country and an annoying inconvenience for the rest actually turned into a full-blown scandal. A Dern in full spin may, may well have been able to manage the disappointment of a level three due to this tricky virus, but when it became clear that the border leaks, the guards were asleep, the social distancing was a joke, and worst of the worst, the testing wasn't being done despite all the reassurances, it became frighteningly clear that the government had learnt nothing from the first lockdown, were sensationally lazy in failing to check what they wanted was actually unfolding and yet again relied on Labour's favourite excuse, well, that's what the officials told us. I mean, if the officials told her Dern the sky was purple every Tuesday, she'd argue black and blue it was until it became obvious it wasn't and then blame someone else for not looking up to check. Business has lost faith. We have lost faith. The shots on those beaches told you that last weekend. The conversation for the first time has turned openly and frequently this week to elimination being suspect if not wrong and impossible. And if all that wasn't bad enough, the court ruled and told us the first nine days of the original lockdown were unlawful anyway. Yes, a royal commission is required. Yes, head should have rolled. And yes, my God, yes, we deserved a hell of a lot better. Yeah, it's weird. They make up dumb rules and schedules and things and then stick to them just because, without really having a reason. It's all arbitrary, isn't it? It's what it's starting to feel like. Um, you know, we had the meeting today, so we can't talk about it until Monday uh, after we've had the announcement because that's the way we always do it. We can't possibly do it differently. It's annoying, especially annoying for this doctor, I think, who wrote into us, wrote us a nice letter on the internet. So, from the doctor, some of the stuff in the media coming from the ministers is BS. We were notified by email today from three Auckland DHBs that it can take up to five days for notification results. This week, we had a nurse who works for us swabbed on Saturday and today was finally told her swab had been lost, so she needed to be re-swabbed. Why both GPs and CBACs are expected to swab 
the international air crew within 48 hours of their return from overseas is another concern of hers. So I checked with Air New Zealand, the medical officer. Air New Zealand can only accommodate 12 book swabs per day, increasing to 24 by next week, but they currently require 40 per day to cover the staff travelling to high-risk areas. Auckland GPs feel this is an employment issue and that Air New Zealand should be providing this service as not only are we already operating at capacity, but it also puts both our medical staff and members of public at risk. These are not unreasonable points, are they? And this is, once again, the medical profession, who we remind you, and we reminded ministers on this programme when they're at odds, is that medical professions, doctors, nurses, don't get up in the morning and make stuff up. They don't lie. They don't say there is no PPE gear, or there is no flu jab, or there is no testing kit, or we're doing too many swabs and it is five days not to. They don't make that stuff up. That's real, and that's happening in the community, and the disconnect has been proven to be gargantuan this week between them, the real world, and the government, who seemingly didn't have a clue. I don't know if Mike's completely right that there aren't any crazy doctors or health professionals out there. There probably are some. Have crazy conspiracy theories, and don't you reckon that? Or is he is he saying that just because you're a doctor, you 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 never are crazy as well? I reckon there's about an equal amount of crazy people in any profession, isn't there? It's an even split across the society. I, we need to drill down into that. Can we get some facts on that, Chris Hipkins, please? Of course, what I forgot to mention just before 7 o'clock is that today is not the day that the government is going to tell us whether Auckland gets out of Level 3 and down to Level 2 or Level 1 and the rest of the country goes from Level 2 to Level 1. My prediction, if it was the day, would have been that we would have gone to Level 2 as of next Thursday and then eventually after two weeks down to Level 1 because this is a very conservative government. But that's not the day today. We will, however, review these settings On the 21st of August, we want to give about a week's time to see how we are travelling before we review again. Right. And she backed herself up on this. She said this this week. The decision to continue or end the lockdown will be made Friday. The review date will be a good chance to assess any changes in New Zealand's outbreak. We wouldn't have put a review date if there was no chance whatsoever of anything changing. And, of course, all of this came from the pulpit of truth. Now, how does the pulpit of truth work? What we are saying is all verified and fact-checked, right. uh, and we will not put out any information from this podium or from these announcements that is not completely accurate. Oh, dear. I mean, I've made my uh, views on uh, the lectern stuff pretty clear. I think our lecterns are ugly and they're a disgrace to our country and they need to be replaced. And it also, uh, Chris Hipkins is quite small, and it looks like he's coming out of, of his lectern, like he, they keep him in a box and he pops up like a jack-in-the-box. Um, so that's not a good look either. Can we get some new lecterns, please? I think that'll go a long way to fixing all our issues. Time now to mark the week. Uh, the week two. Who thought last Friday, as we got two weeks of level three and two extended, that things would be exposed the way they have, eh? The testing, zero. That is the greatest scandal of all. Michael Morrow, the Television 3 journalist who asked the question no one else did, certainly not the government, is owed a debt of gratitude by us all. Andrew Borrowdale, eight. Same goes for him, tested what needed testing. A government that acts unlawfully is a government to be ashamed of. Yes, they had excuses, but don't people who act unlawfully always have excuses? Level three, two. A massive overreaction. The country's biggest city and economic engine room locked down for a cluster. Elective surgery off for a cluster. Schools closed for a cluster. That is why the conversation this week has turned so dramatically. Elimination, five. See, it's still got obvious merit. But at what cost? And those asking for cost-benefit revisits now are indeed asking the right questions. The election date, seven. Yes, the right thing to do, the only thing to do, really. The economy, eight. 
A welcome bright spot. Manufacturing up, services sector up, spending generally up, the housing market almost universally backed as being more than okay. Yeah, so that's a for now thing, isn't it? The economy going all right. Uh, a lot of people seem to think it's only a matter of time before go- things go downhill. Uh, the Germans, it turns out, they've got a plan, and it's a plan that we may have heard before, uh, and Mike's a bit worried about it. I'm in absolute shock this morning. I thought we'd put this whole thing to bed, this universal wage bollocks. Uh, the Germans, no less, are going to give it a crack. It's a, it's a research project, 120 people, are going to get given $2,160 a month, universal basic income experiment, no means testing, all limits on how the money's spent. A control group of 1,380 people will not be given any money, but they will still have their attitudes and behaviours monitored. Who wants to be in that group? What a loser group. I, I want to be in the group that gets the money. I want to be in the 120, get me get me $2,160, and not the 1,380 people. I'd go, congratulations, and thank you for being part of this particular experiment, and you will be getting nothing. Uh, they will complete questionnaires about their lives, their work, their emotional state. It's a three-year study, German Institute of Economic Research, and it's seen as a way to offset job losses by technology. Now, I'll come to the reason this is so mad in a moment, but Spain has already announced plans to introduce a scheme to kickstart its economy. Um, and you, why wouldn't they? Because their economy is hopeless and always has been. 55% of Germans back the idea, which I'm astonished at, because you would think of Germans as being good, deliberate, clear thinkers. Uh, the UK back in May showed support at 51%. So you'd think the Palms were more keen. Yeah. Oh, let's go to Benidorm. I'll get my universal wage. I'll go to Benidorm. But only 51% B55. Now, here's why this is insane. They did all this. They've done the experiment. They did it in Finland. It's one of the most famous studies ever on whether the universal income works. And the Finnish government did it. And then when it was finished, they wrote the report. And the report said it failed. It doesn't work. It doesn't create any jobs. People get lazy. They stay in bed. Do you know why? Because the money's free. And yet the Germans are giving it a crack. Now, is it racist of me to suggest that when it comes to ticking the emotional response box, um, that perhaps even though there's a control group and a group that got the money, the emotional response might be similar given that they're German? That is racist, isn't it? I won't say it then. I will not say that. Um, Please forget I said it. I don't know what I was even meaning, to be perfect. Uh, what, I don't know what I was getting at. My emotional response to being given money uh, is positive, and to being not given it, negative. And we'll just leave it at that. I'm Glenn ZB. I hope your emotional response to the podcast was high and positive, and, uh, and that you can muster up a similar response for me on Monday when we do it all again. See you.